the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. In this episode, we continue our series on people of faith from Hebrews chapter 11. This week, Dave talks about how and why God tests us using the story of Abraham and Isaac. The main reading is Genesis chapter 22. So we're into our, our, our faith faith uh, series, and this is our, our verses tonight, Hebrews 11, 17 to 19. By faith, when God tested Abraham, by faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac the sacrifice. He had received the promises, was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac your offspring will be reckoned, Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. Um, a, an amazing uh, little story, this. That, uh, but you can see a process that God is taking um, Abraham through, as he does us, through difficulties and, and, and tests of perseverance and tests of obedience to make us more like him. It's, it's, the, it's the faith challenge that will we surrender, will we be obedient? And uh, thankfully it's a process. It didn't start off there, but thankfully it doesn't stop either because Abraham is not a young man now, is he? Um, if he's 100 when uh, Isaac was born, Isaac is, is some, even, some even say he's 30, but he's certainly a, a, a well teenage boy because the Bible is very clear, said, he, he said, Carry, you, you are carrying this, 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 this wood. He stuck the wood on his son. So he, he's, he's, a, he's a, you know, probably a grown man, certainly late teens. Um, so, he, so that makes uh, Abraham nearly 120. So God is still working. God is still speaking. God is still challenging and testing us. And uh, if there's a certainty in Christianity and our walk with the Lord is that we will be tested. This word, this particular word you're testing is trying um, examining, scrutinizing. Um, you can use the word tempt to a certain extent, but slightly different word that we understand tempt. But he's trying us, he's testing us. And that is a certainty. Um, we don't like it, we don't want it sometimes, but the Bible says there's a real process involved. Uh, let's make sure we know that's true. Uh, Acts 14, 21-22. They preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium and Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. We must go through met now listen, we've got to go through a few hardships to get into the kingdom of God. Many the word there is, is the word tribulation, which means pressure, much pressure. Um, and as I've said before, we've looked at that before. How does carbon become diamond? Is it by time? Not really. Time has got not a lot to do with it. Uh, what it is to do with temperature and pressure. Time is needed, of course. But there needs to be, as, as we said before, temperatures over 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit and pressure over 725,000 pounds per square inch. It's not too bad. <laughs> much pressure, much heat for that carbon to become diamond. And God, that's what God is doing. And of course, he uses many different ways and issues, difficulties, demanding, of course, in this process, he's demanding a great sacrifice. 
um, as we'll do, we'll pop into that in a moment. Though. But uh, when we begin to think, think what he's asking Abraham. Of course, with the Israelites, what did he do? He led them in a difficult way. The Bible says he led them in a difficult way to see what was in their hearts, to see where they were, see what they were like. And uh, he knew what they were like at the end, didn't he? Because even Moses had enough. No, oh, he's a mourning, grumbling people. I've had enough. No, I don't want to leave. Why have you picked me? I was eight years of age. Everything was going so well. I was retired. And then you called me out of retirement to lead this rabble. Um, but that's what the Lord does. Again, opportunity. Amazing, really, why the Lord does this. And, and but again, again, he's showing us where we are. Opportunities to choose. He gives us opportunities to choose. He does. And uh, we've chosen some wrong ways sometimes, but the Lord allows that. Again, to see where we are. That, what did he say to Solomon? Solomon, what do you want? Ask anything of me. What a question. Now, I don't know, I'm, oof, I'm thinking, ooh, right, I'm, there's lots of things going through my mind now, isn't it? But he says, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom to lead this people. Give me understanding. The Bible says the Lord was pleased. The Lord was pleased. He said, you didn't ask for victory. You didn't ask for wealth and all these other things. You asked for wisdom. Sadly, he didn't apply the wisdom at all times, did he? Uh, but um, difficult, hard tasks, he asked us. Why? That's faith, isn't it? Let's feed these 5,000 boys. What? Feed the 5,000? Well, he said, that's a year's wages. Uh, I think it was Andrew who did say, oh, we've got a few laws and fishes here. I don't know what he was thinking. And uh, they would say, shut up, Andrew, what are you talking about? Um, and he said, but the Lord said, bring him here, bring him here. Mm -hmm. and, and the Lord does that. Why? Because again, he's seeing where we are and seeing where our faith is. And so use the test. Use this test uh, of Abraham, the faith in testing. Psalm 66, 10 to 12. For you, O God, tested us. You refined us like silver. You brought us into prison and laid burdens on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us to a place of abundance. That's a great, those are great verses to hold on to. Lord, we, we're in prison, they ran over us, we went through fire, we went through water, but at the end, place of abundance. And of course, as we read this chapter of faith, the Bible says many of these didn't see it, did they? Didn't see the end result because they were looking for a, for something greater and higher. And some some died in victory. The Bible says, if you can read, I remember someone. I will count them after uh, when we come to it. It's about fifty-fifty split. Some finished in victory. Some finished in martyrdom. But that's irrelevant, isn't it? Because that's only that's the last week we looked at. There's only time. Our goal is eternity. Heaven is our goal. Our, our mind is there. Our, our investment is there. Our heart is there. So, But his purpose is to prove us. And of course, then he permits difficulty, permits suffering. We don't like the sound of that, but the Bible says that's the will of God. Suffering. David, is that true? Absolutely. The will of God to take us to those places where we have to rely upon him. And that's our problem. We, we are self-reliant instead of God-reliant so often. Paul and Silas, we know... What were they doing? Preaching the word, being obedient to God. Yet they ended up in prison with backs lacerated, absolutely smashed to bits. And, and what did they do? Now me, as I've said before, I didn't say, Lord, what is happening here? I'm doing your will. I'm preaching your word. And look at my back. Thankfully, the Lord had taken them to such a place. What were they doing? Praying and praising. Hallelujah. I don't know. Uh, that takes some doing. 
but they were in the will of God. Why? Because those prisoners needed to be saved as well. And they were. And the prison guard were saved as well. So difficulties permitting tests and trials, and of course, Job, we might come to Job in a moment. But that's his purpose, to take us those. 1 Peter 5, 6-11. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resisteth steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That's his, that's his aim, isn't it? That's his aim. Um, holiness. Uh, as we said before, not happiness. Happiness is a byproduct, it's not the main event. Um, holiness is his is goal to make us like him and of course the purpose of it we know refining purifying obedience patience perseverance uh, fruit of righteousness fruitfulness um, wholeness perfection oh bless the Lord the crown of life in the end so there's a process and uh, what we find as we go through Abram's life is every fresh a uh, fresh revelation of his person or the Lord's person or, or his nature of his character is tied uh, to some crisis or some challenge or some intense human experience. Never ever underestimate the difficulty or the circumstance or the situation because in the middle of it, if we hold to the Lord, if we keep our eyes on him, there's a revelation coming. A greater revelation of who he is, his promises, his person. Bless the Lord. Uh, because that's where we see it, isn't it? That's where we see it. And that's why Paul could say, um, Lord, get rid of this pain in my neck. But now we come, he's come through that to a place where he said, I rejoice. I rejoice in my difficulties, in my persecutions. I rejoice in all these things, he said. Because why? When I'm weak, he's strong and his grace is sufficient. Mm -hmm. uh, bless the Lord. So we, let's take us on, on Abraham's journey because he didn't end there, did he? He started back 40 years before. 40 years before. Um, in Genesis 12. Probably a bit before that, but let's go Genesis 12, 1 to 5. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your land, your relatives, and your father's home. Go to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. Through you, every family on earth will be blessed. So Abram left as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he met Aram. Abram set out for Canaan. He took along his wife Sarai, his ne nephew Lot, and all that he possessed. They had accumulated, and the servants they had acquired in Aram. So, of course, the Lord, life of faith is continual, consistent, growing, challenges to surrender in every, those every little areas. He's going, of course, this is a big area to start with. 
Um, uh, he, he said, now your father is an idolater. Terah was an idolater. We find that in, in Joshua uh, 24. And uh, they'd gone to Haran, and Haran was, it means parched, dry. Um, he started on the journey, obviously, Abraham, with his father and with those others. Uh, but he'd settled there. He'd settled there. And the Lord said, come on. You know the word of the Lord for you is to go further. That, that situation, that, um, that place where you've settled down, that location, you've got to surrender it to me. And you've got to leave uh, the Father here in that place. But see, if you only go halfway, you'll always be a, it'll always be a place of, of, of thirst. Parched, parched. That's why we need to, is absolute surrender to him, isn't it? Absolute surrender to him. And going the whole way with the Lord. Thankfully, bless the Lord, when there's surrender, there's, there's a revelation. What do you say? Now, if you go, what am I promising? You will have multitude of descendants. And the land that you're coming into will be yours. And uh, there'll be increase. There'll be multiplication. And um, it seems then, obviously... Uh, the principle of, of leaving his father, but his father died as well. And um, there's there's sometimes going to be a death, death, um, not physical. Sometimes going to be you know a person, but it, it's it's dying to me, isn't it? That's what the Lord is looking for, dying to me. And He says, look, that which you've accumulated, seventy five, you know, at seventy five, uh, I know the age is a little bit. But he's, middle, he's gone past middle age in their terms. And the Lord is saying, now when we pass middle age, we're, trying to, we're just about to settling down, aren't we? Settling down. We don't want to move. Or oh, if we do, we're downsizing. We don't, we, but he's saying, no, no, you're not downsizing, Abraham. You're moving to a nation. Where am I going? I'm not telling you. You're going. Now that's faith being tested. And you remember we said last time, faith is only faith when it's proved. We can see it actually tangibly. Faith in who? Faith in him. And now there's a, this, is, this is first protocol. He's surrendering. His situation is, uh, I suppose, is, is relative success. Um, as we talked about Ur the other, last time, two times, two or three times ago, Ur was really a, a metropolitan city. Um, they dug it up and it was, they, you know, they were proper houses with, with fireplaces and it was a real, you know, real nice comfortable place. It wasn't a place we think, well, I don't mind leaving this place anyway. Um, he, leaves a, he leaves a house to live in a tent. Now, I don't know about you, how Tim goes camping. My camping days are gone a long time ago. And um, I can probably do a few days, but to, for you to say to me, Dave, you're going to live in a tent for the rest of your life. And I'm past middle age. I'm thinking, pardon, Lord? Is that really you? Is that really you speaking? Um, and of course, I, I don't think he knew he was going to live in a tent forever. But that's, that's the initial thing, isn't it? He's going, he's leaving. So there's his first, his first test. And here comes another big test. Uh, Genesis 13, 8 to, 8 to 18. So Abraham said to Lot, Let's not have any quarrel between you and me, or between your herdsmen and mine, for we are brothers. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot looked up and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt towards the one. This was before the land the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out towards the east, and the two men parted company. 
Abraham lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched, pitched his tents near, near Sodom. Mm-hmm. Now the, the men of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. The Lord said to Abraham after Lot had parted from him, Lift up your eyes from where you are and look north and south, east and west. All the land you see I will give you and your offspring forever. I will make, I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth. So that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go, walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. So Abraham moved his tents and went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron, where he built an altar to the Lord. Here's another test. Another place where God is taking taking Abraham so he will trust him, he will rely upon him. Um, what we see with Abraham, we can just have a glimpse of his character. He, he, he didn't like trouble, he didn't like arguments, he was a, more of a conciliatory person. We saw that the other day when we talked about Hagar. Um, and so here's, here's a problem. There's, they, they've multiplied, they've expanded, and um, there's trouble. And so he says to Lot, now come on Lot, he said, we can't, we can't do this anymore. You go this way, you choose, and, I, and I'll go the other way. Now, again, now he's the senior. senior. Um, he is the one that should have the first choice. Lot should have said to him, no, 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 you choose and I'll go the other way. And straight away we see Abraham surrendering his security, his seniority, um, his success over to the Lord. Lord, I'm in your hands. And, uh, and we see, so the Lord protecting him. Lot looks down at the plain. He sees it fruitful. He sees his, he's, he's looking with his eyes, not by faith, by what he can see. And he says, oh, that looks pretty good. Now he heard about the people down there, didn't he? It wasn't something he didn't know about. No, they've been living there. But he said, look, that's the easy way. That's the easy way. And he, he chose by sight. He chose by flesh. He chose by what the world would think is success. And he goes down there. And the Bible it tells us there's a progression, isn't it? He's pitching his tent there. Then he's inside. And then he's an elder. And, of course, we know what happened to, to Lot. Um, but it's very interesting. When Abraham is giving this, there's, the Bible says in verse... Um, uh, 14 when Lot had separated uh, when Abraham had separated from Lot the Lord spoke when we talked about crises difficulties problems choices in that God is revealing something and he reveals more of his presence more of his promises and he said look lift up your eyes lift up your eyes now, he's chosen to go down there but look he said every place where you see is yours east west north or south now he said Go and go now, go and wander around. Have a look at it. It's yours. So yours, he said. And the Bible says, Go walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. Bless the Lord. And, and the Bible says, Abraham settles in Hebron. In response to the promise. Hebron, what does Hebron mean? It means communion, fellowship, a confederacy. He, he, he's, he's, he's dwelling there in communion with the Lord. Why? Because he said, Lord, my future is in your hands. Now, I could choose which way I want to go because I'm the senior. It's my prerogative, but I give it to you. Bless the Lord. See, there's a process going on in Abram's life. Um, so we come to the end, and we'll, we'll read that in a moment. Father of, of the faithful and friend of God. Um, why? Because he put it in his hands. Genesis 14. Genesis 14, 21, 24. 
And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons, and take the goods to thyself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up mine hand unto the Lord, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldest say, I have made Abram rich. Save only that which the young men have eaten, and the portion of the men which went with me. Aina, Eshkol, and Mamre, let them take their portion. Remember, we talked, Bible, New Testament says, now be careful, separate, separate yourself. Separate yourself from him and be wholly his. And um, so we have this, again, the mercy of the Lord. These five kings, the, Sodom, Gomorrah, um, Zebuim, um, Admon, and Zoe, I think it is. These five kings were under under these these Chedorlaomer, but the four kings they were, and then they rebelled. They thought, well, we're not paying any more money to these guys, so they rebelled against them. And these four kings, obviously quite uh, quite handy, because the Bible says they begin to come down. They take this and they take that, and they're running through, and then they run through Sodom, Gomorrah, and these places, and they 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 take them captive. They run off with them. And the Bible says, Abraham hears about this. Now I'm always amazed. Let me just come from and say something before I come to the story. I was amazed why Lot goes back there. The mercy of God to rescue Lot out of this situation. God is speaking to him. Now, now we know Lot is is grieved with the place because the Bible tells him Peter, but he's not grieved enough to get out of the place. Now God is giving him an opportunity here, isn't he? And isn't it amazing how many opportunities God gives us to get out of a situation, out of a temptation, out of a problem, yet we still go back to this jolly thing. And um, so here he is. And Abraham hears about this. And uh, the Bible says he goes with 318 men, which isn't a big army, but obviously that we see, see how the Lord's blessed him already. And, but obviously he's blessed him with some good guys because they, they smash him. <laughs> and they bring all of it back, all the people and all the goods, they wiped them out and brought them back. The Bible says we have this amazing story about Melchizedek, which is a really interesting story, which, of course, we, Hebrews tells us who he is and well, a little bit about what he is, a type of. And, uh, but again, he comes back um, and he comes and he, he brings this uh, communion, if you like, bread and wine and, and the Lord, and he brings a revelation of who God is. Now, bless the Lord your God, the Most High. Oh, El Elyon, the Most High God. Of course he is. Uh, he brings the name. And then uh, the Bible says Abraham gives him a tenth. Gives him a tenth. And then the king, king of Sodom comes. Who does he represent? He's representing the enemy, of course. Flesh, the world. He says, look, thank you. Take everything. Take Just give us the people. You take everything. You take everything. And use, use the um, surrender now. All the supply, all the substance, all the success... He doesn't want any of the world's success. He doesn't want any of the substance or the supply of the world can give. And that's a real... Remember now, what an offer. You take it all. See, the, it, the devil's, devil's temptations have never changed, do they? They've never changed. From the beginning of time to the Jesus, it's the same. Dave, oh, that's one. You, you pursue that. That's, uh, but it's temporal. It's of the world. It's, it's either going to feed the flesh or the, my sight or my pride, all those things. And I was just thinking, reading and I was just picking up R.T. Kendall. He just does a, a minute a day. And he was saying, uh, James 4, love of the world 
if you love the word, enmity of God. He said, don't put, at least he's talking to Christians now, he said, don't put yourself as enemies of God by loving this world. The word love there is being in harmony, seeing it the same, being in tune with, being in harmony. Don't, he said, because you'll you put yourself at enmity with God. He said, and that, we can do that as Christians, can't we? Because we can love this world and we put ourselves in. But Abraham was have none of it. He said, I will not take a thread. He said, because I'll have no one saying that the king of Sodom has made me rich. No, my, my riches are in him. Hallelujah. You see, why do we, we sometimes get sidetracked when he, he owns everything? Cattle on a thousand hills. If he wants to give it us, he can give it us. Uh, and thankfully he doesn't give it us so often because he can't trust us. And I say, Lord, don't, as a, as, as a Proverbs writer says, don't give me, don't give me nothing because I'll steal and cause just bring you disrepute, but don't give me too much or what will happen, I'll forget you. I become proud. I think, oh, I'm pretty good. I've done this myself. Give me what I can manage. Give me what I can handle. And uh, that's, a good, that's a good prayer. Lord, uh, I want to be blessed so I can bless others. And uh, there's, there's a flow there. The more we, we bless others, the more the Lord will give us. As we said before, the Lord shovels bigger than mine. Didn't he? He said, the Lord shovels bigger than mine. I keep shoveling it out. The Lord keeps shoveling it into me. And uh, so, the, so this is, is, is surrender. Uh, to, to the Lord in this area bless the Lord uh, trust in the Lord for all that we need uh, all that we have and then of course when he's done when he's done that there's a revelation coming isn't it uh, Genesis 15 Genesis 15 But Abram said, Lord, Lord God, what will you give me? See, I go childless, and the heir of those houses of, I can't say that word, of Damascus. Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, The one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now towards heaven and count the stars. If you are able to number them, then he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Bless the Lord. So he's trusting the Lord, remember? El Elyon, and what's he saying? We've already read it. Now I'm going to trust El Elyon, the Most High God, to meet all my needs. If he is the creator, the possessor, I will not accept anything from you, King of Sodom. I put all my life, family, future into your care. I wrote this before. Why do we follow and we get tempted by worldly trinkets, fame and fortune, when my God owns and holds the universe? He has given me an offer I cannot refuse. And so out of that, that decision, God again reveals more of himself. He said, Abraham, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. I am your shield, your very great reward. And of course, then Abraham said, well, Lord, there is, there is something. I'm childless. 
Um, uh, you know, uh, my estate is going to my servant. Um, but the Lord said, no, 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 no. You will have a son. Out of your loins will come a son. Um, and he trusted. He trusted the Lord. He trusted the Lord. But again, again, more of the flesh, more of, of what was happening in him was coming out. And uh, the Lord was going to do again something he needed to surrender, which really caused him a lot of pain. We looked at it the other Sunday morning. Uh, Genesis 21. So the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, scoffing. Therefore she said to Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be here with my son, namely with Isaac. And the matter was very displeasing in Abraham's sight because of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not let it be displeasing in your sight because of the lad or because of your bondwoman. Whatever Sarah has said to you, listen to her voice. For in Isaac your seed shall be called. Yes, I will also make a nation of the son of the bondwoman, because he is your seed. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and putting it on her shoulder, he gave it and the boy, he gave it and the boy to Hagar and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. Another test, another challenge to Abraham to surrender that which was um, man's efforts, man's schemes. Remember we talked about Hagar and uh, Sarah really, we, we blame Sarah, but of course uh, we see Abraham not enough backbone by the sound of it to stand, didn't it? She said, oh, I want to know. And of course, what she do? She blames the Lord. The Lord has not allowed me. And we do that. <laughs> the Lord's fault, isn't it? <laughs> that I am not here. And of course, when fleshly and worldly thinking him, what happens? We talked about it. Animosity between Sarah and Hagar. Anger. And Abraham, it, it grieved Abraham. There was a lot of grief, grief here, and uh, of course she goes away. She comes back and she stays. But the Bible says that it, uh, Ishmael was uh, mocking. Galatians says uh, persecuting. Flesh will always persecute the spirit, always, always, and there's always that battle, and the flesh is always trying to trying to dictate and, and uh, mock and push out uh, the promise. And and, this, and of course then he says, look, uh, the Lord says. Yeah, there's your surrender. You've got to send him away. That's a re and the Bible says he he, he grieved already. He, he he was he was really pressed because this was his son. He still was his son, wasn't it? And uh, but it, the Bible says he had to listen to the Lord and surrender the son. Um, maybe that was a preparation for Isaac when the challenge for Isaac came, and and the Lord says, look, I, don't you worry about it. I'll I'll watch over him. Um, but again, the promise came. What was the promise? None of the promises. Isaac will be the one. Isaac, he's come from your loins. He will be the one that carries the promise. See, as we listen, as we surrender, as we obedient, the Lord fulfills his word, fulfills his promise. And, and again, reveals more of his character, his provisions, power. Uh, send him out uh, desert, ring your neck. Uh, and, and we know it was a rough place because the Bible says they end up, he was crying. He was a teenager then. He grew up and he got a grip, Ishmael. And uh, he was crying. And the mother said, oh, what am I going to do? And the Lord says, open your eyes. 
and uh, showed him that place and then she again the Lord reveals something to her because why because Abraham had trusted God with these he said Lord they're yours I've given them into your hands entrust them and of course then we come to our story tonight from Hebrews 11 and Genesis 22 um, are the place where Abraham is and this ultimate ultimate surrender ultimate test take your son your only son now remember, this was the promise of God. He, he was given. He ain't gonna have any more children, is he? Well, unless the Lord miraculously moves. But um, but he, he's he, he, he's. This is your only son. Now take him, without a, without a, a whiff, without a, a a stop, without a, a. He's gone. And and let me tell you, there's some amazing pictures here, isn't it? Some great um, shadows and types of of salvation. Abraham taking his son, the Bible says, on the third day, they come to the mountain, bless the Lord. And, um, and, but now Abraham's moving in faith now. He's, he's faith now, there's, there's, there's doubts and things, worry, but he's reasoning in his mind. Because he says, now you stay here, so you see your servants, we are going to worship and we will return. Now he's, he's, by faith, he's saying, Lord, I don't understand this, but he read the Bible, just Hebrews 11, he reasoned that he, if the Lord, if he, took, he could raise him from the dead. And so he's, he's speaking that. Power of our words, isn't it? Very powerful our words are. And uh, we can talk ourselves into a corner. Sometimes we can talk ourselves into, into, uh, into a place. But sometimes we've got to talk ourselves out of the place. Haven't we? If the Lord has said. Now, he, he's, he's saying, Lord... Uh, I, I don't know what's happening here, but he, the, the wood's gone on Isaac. And Isaac, and again, we, we haven't talked about Isaac with the faith of Isaac. We'll come to that maybe next time, the faith of Isaac. Because if I'm his son, I can outrun him. He's 120. I'm a teenager, maybe in my early 20s. And if, if he's binding me, well, I can, I can throw him away, can't I? I can throw him off. Easily enough. You get to that age and you... You don't, want to, you don't want to be walking up a mountain, let alone binding. And but that's and he says to the Lord, ah, Father, I know we, we're going to worship. Bless the Lord. Well, there's the wood. He said, you got the fire, and I'm sure you got that. You guys see, you got the knife there. He said, but um, where's uh, where's this burnt offering then? Where's this burnt offering? Again, the word of the Lord uh, is on his lips, isn't it? The Bible says he will provide. Now he's speaking prophetically because God is going to reveal himself as the provider, isn't he? Yeah. He's speaking. And uh, I always remember listening to someone uh, preaching on this and it thrilled my heart. He said, as, as Abraham and Isaac were going up the mountain this way, the, the, the provision was coming up the other side of the mountain mm -hmm. to meet them. Ah, bless the Lord. And uh, we, they couldn't see it. They didn't know it. But he was coming up the other side of the mountain for the, for the, for the offering. And uh, so they're going up. He's speaking prophetically. Yet he did not. He did not stop. He binds him. He puts him on the altar. He's got the knife, and the knife he's just about to plunge. Let me tell you, that takes some doing. Mm -hmm. That'll take some doing. Um, but that's why the Bible then calls him friend of God, father of the faithful. And uh, as he took, stop, 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 Abraham. Now I know. Now I know. He said. <laughs> now I know that you will hold. You won't hold withhold anything from me. And now I know I've got everything of you. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Uh, someone said, God is ready to assume full responsibility for the life wholly yielded to him. Mm -hmm. That's good news, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, Might I say something? 
Carry on. I don't like to interfere. No, carry on. I remember that years ago they used to say God asked Abraham once, only once, and he obeyed. Yeah. But when he wanted to stop him doing it because he knew that he loved him about everything. Mm. Twice. He had to say twice. Exactly, yes. Abraham, Abraham, yes. Mm. stay thy hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. For now I know mm. that thou lovest me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to think, well, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely amazing. And uh, of course the Bible then says he stopped and, and there it was, that ram that came up the other side, caught in a thicket. Yeah. Bless the Lord. And they took him and uh, they sacrificed him in his place and in our place goes to Jesus. And then he said, the Lord will provide. Yahweh Jireh. And now we also we, all, we always say that that means God provides. We used to sing it, don't we? Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He's a supplier. But really when we dig deep, it, what it means, God will see to it. Ah, God will see to it. Uh, and when Isaac was asking him, Abraham, Isaac, God will see to it. Don't you worry about it. God will say, that's faith, isn't it? Don't know what, what Joshaphat, what do you, I love that prayer, Lord, we don't know what we're doing, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Mm -hmm. That's faith. Lord, I, I, the Lord will see to it, the Lord will, will do it, the Lord will do it. And thankfully, it was more than that. Abraham was not just seeing what was happening there, he was seeing down into the future, wasn't he? You say, was he? Yeah. Job 1. Uh, at this, Job got up and tore his robe and shaved his head. Then he fell on the ground in worship and said, Naked I come from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. Again, we, 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 we work out that Job was probably a contemporary of Abraham, or give or take, um, and, and we see the spirit of Job there, don't we? The Lord has given, the Lord has taken away. Sometimes we think everything we have, even our family, is ours. Mm -hmm. It isn't ours, is it? It's not ours. God has just given them temporary to us. Love our family. And we look at the verse in the morning. And uh, sadly, sometimes we allow them to change. I was uh, just talking to my friend the other day, and he, he was talking about, it was sadly, it was his family, but his, uh, it was one of his family is. Uh, only young boy, and he said he's he's um, homosexual, which is grieving in itself. No. But he said the worst thing about it, he said, is um, the mother, Christian, um, said, "Oh, I, I've been looking in the Bible, and uh, I've been looking at what the context is in this, and now I've uh, I think that's not really what it means. It means it was the it was the promiscuous temple. You see, what happens is that um, we will not sacrifice." The very close things in our life. I always remember um, um, a minister I know, and he he, had, he let his daughter come back to live in house. She didn't know anywhere to live, but she let uh, the the boyfriend live there, but in the same room, in under the. Uh, well, he, he can come. He's sleeping down there, and she's sleeping there. But he let him live live in sin under under his roof. Look. When our children go, there's not, not a lot we can do in a sense. But, but they're coming under my roof and under our roof. We keep in the standard, yeah. But because, again, sacrifice, give me a child, give me a children. And that's, Abraham said, Lord, they're yours, they're yours. You've given them to me because 
The uh, Lord gives, no stay away. Lord, I give them back to you. I give them back to you. But Abraham was looking by faith further down the road, wasn't he? John, John 8. And Jesus answered, if I honour myself, my honour is nothing. It is my Father that honoureth me, of whom you say that he is your God. Yet ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say, I know him not, I should be a liar like unto you. But I know him, and I keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Abraham saw this day and rejoiced. Uh, he, he wasn't just in the Lord provides on that mountain, he could see down through history. The same mountain, Jesus died there, same place. And uh, he could see down through history. Bless the Lord. And of course, what we're talking about tonight is faith working itself out in our life in every single area. James 2 uh, picks this particular um, story up again. Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. God's friend. I can trust him. I know that when I ask him even to do that most difficult thing, he will do it. Why? Because he surrendered to me. Bless the Lord. And of course, the same choices, the same difficulties, the same problems are ours today in different guises, in different areas. But when we come to our supply, our security, uh, and all those things, we say, Lord, it's all yours. I will rely upon you. I will surrender to you in every way. Luke 14 to finish. Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. But which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Lest after he has laid the foundations and is not able to finish, all who seek it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Mm-hmm. Or what king, going to make war against another king, does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever, you, who, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. See, the same challenges will be presented to us, isn't it? Mm-hmm. A lifelong journey with the Lord, surrendering those areas that we sometimes hold tightly to, but he says, Lord, mm-hmm. that when by faith, when Abraham was tested, mm-hmm. obeyed. It was the outworking of his faith. And uh, the power of our surrender is the greatness of our power, I suppose. I've I've read this story before, but when Booth, General Booth, was past eight years of age, um, uh, a minister went to see him, Dr. Chapman, and said, what's the um, 
seek, I don't like the word success because that's in the Lord's hands, but he, he, we know what he's talking about. Uh, the American evangelist said to, said to the general, disclose the secret of the blessing of God in your life, the secret of your success. He hesitated for a second, Dr. Chapman then said, I saw the tears come into his eyes and run down his cheeks. Then he said, I tell you the secret, God has had all there was of me. There have been men with greater brains, men with greater opportunities, uh, but the day I, I got the poor of London on my heart and a vision of what Jesus Christ could do with the poor of London, I made up my mind that God would have all of William Booth there was. And if there's anything of power in the Salvation Army today, sadly not today, but it was then, it is because God has all the adoration of my heart, all the power of my will, and all the influence of my life. Bless the Lord. And uh, that's why Abraham, friend of God, father of the faith, Lord, here I am. What do you say? Yes. Bless the Lord. It's a great challenge, isn't it? Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.